the Bible says that the trumpet needs to make a certain sound, a clear sound, so people can know what to do. <laughs> people can know, you know, to run to battle is what he said. But um, there's, a, there's a call, there's a necessity for a, for a very, very clear word because, you know, I love you guys. I love the body of Christ. I, don't, I just really, my heart just really just wants people to, to, to just live in this real because it's heaven on earth. There's, there's love, there's joy, there's peace, there's self-control. Everything that's necessary for life and godliness has been given to us in the real and it's a, it's a, it's a done deal. And, and so what we cut through a, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's a deceptions that cause people to struggle. It's not the reality of God that's making people struggle. It's not the things of God that are making it hard. <laughs> God didn't set up any of this with the whole work of, of uh, salvation and have any hardness in it. The yoke was easy, the burden is light. It's, it's the deception that makes it hard. And what we see a lot in religion and, and, and Christianity particularly is, is, a, is a deception of a sin consciousness that somehow has worked its way in even to the religion of, of Christianity. It's a, 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 a sin consciousness that causes, causes you to struggle. It causes, it causes love to not abound and to flow. Um, I want to read out of 1 John chapter 2 and start there. And uh, as I read this, we want to remember... That this restoration that has happened, the restoration has, it fixed, it healed what went wrong with man in the beginning. And it's just a very simple, easy to read story in Genesis about that, going after that knowledge of good and evil. And without that, you don't have any of the hell on earth, any of the hard, hardness that we see, any of the evil, the wickedness, the hate, the condemnation. You don't see it. But, but remember, we were made not like the animals who had protective coverings. We did not have one. Because in that sense, you can, it was like we were, we were made, made needy in that sense. And by that, what we're really looking at is we were not self-sufficient. We were God-sufficient. So that's why we didn't have our own covering like the animals did. We didn't have our built-in weaponry and the, anim- the, the antlers and the claws and the speed. and the st- We didn't have our built-in protection. We were God-protected. We didn't have our built-in provision. We were God-provided for. And that's what Jesus was explaining to us in Matthew 6 when he said, Seek ye first the kingdom, and all these things are then added because God cares for you. And so this restoration, there again, it brought us, it brought us back to where we weren't needy anymore. Now, part of the deception is, 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 is a work that tries to keep people thinking that it's still on you. And a clear word will take it completely off of you and put it all in him. Huh? So, so we want to hear a clear word today. We want a clear word that will take all of it off of us and let it all be God's initiative, God provided. You know, let, it, let it all be the whole work of Christ, 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 Christ. Because it's in Him that we live, right? It's in Him that we move and have all of our being. So in the, in the restoration through Jesus, what, what, what happens is, is that, and we'll look at it right here, is that He takes away that, 
or He delivers us from that need of self-provision. Showing us that He's brought us home to God and God really is our everything. And where people struggle is with the seeing of that because they haven't heard a clear enough word. A lot of times, in, even in the church, haven't heard a clear enough word because there's a mixture of things that puts things back on us. And the washing of the water of the word is taking all that out. It's, it's sweeping away that refuge of lies like, I, like Isaiah talked about. And when he said, when I sweep away that refuge of lies, then your covenant with death will be annulled. And your agreement with hell will not stand. Now, Jesus did that work, but in, in people's thinking, they still have an agreement with that hell. He, and, 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 and what happened then, once we unplugged from, from God and plugged into ourselves, we made it about us instead of about God, which is what we thought, we thought was, was the better, because we saw ourselves, we were needy, or, excuse me, we were not sufficient in ourselves. And so the deception was that we would provide We would make that provision for ourselves. We would become our own provision. And we turn to the knowledge of good and evil rather than the abundance of God. And that's where the fall of man was. And that's where people that experience that fall, whether they're Christian or not, people that experience the the effects of that fall, it's in that very thing there. And it it was a lie. It was deception. It promised life, but it didn't bring it. It promised that we would be like God's, but it didn't bring it. It was a deception. Thinking that it's still upon us to complete us. And so it left us with a neediness. And for all these thousands of years, mankind has worked and worked and journeyed and been on quests and has tried every imaginable thing under the sun to try to fulfill this neediness the hungers, the longings, the wants, and the lusts. Why are there wars among us? The book of James says it's because of our lust. We, everybody's wanting something, needing something. They want something from somebody else, from another country. They're demanding certain things. Why? Because it's on us. We got to protect us. We got to fix us. We got to take care of us. So that's why all these things are going on. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, comes and brings his fullness into our heart so that there's no more lust. And if there's no more lust, there's no more condemnation. There's no more sense of, of lack. There's no, more, there, there's, there's no more hate. There's no more stress. There's only love and joy and peace. He's the fullness that fills everything in everybody. Are y'all here? So here's what the book of 1 John, verse 16 and 17 says about that lust. In fact, verse 15 says, Love not the world nor the things in, in the world, for he that loves the world has not the love of Father in him. And it says, for all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust, the lust, the want, the need, the hunger, the longing, the need, the need, the need, the lack. For all that is in the world, excuse me, uh, verse 17, and the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Now, that's good news. Did you see that? Now, really, it... it, 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 it this is a King James terminology. What it really says is the, wor- the, the world and the lust of it passes away. It passes away in Christ. If anybody's in Christ, he's a new creation. Look, everything has become new. Things are not like they, like they used to be. All things have become new. We're not looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. All things have become new in him. Oh, my goodness. I'll I'll continue preaching once you guys quit your shouting. 
All, behold, all things have become new. He came to put an end to the lust of this world. The neediness, the longing, the hunger. Now, I just want to pop, pop over a, a few verses because you can go all through the New Testament. And there's this Greek word that's pronounced henna, H-I-N-A. And it means in order to or so that um, to the intent. And what it does, and, and, and I'm only going to look at a few of them, but, you, but it's just like all oh, like page, almost every other page in the New Testament talking about what God wanted, what God intended, um, what his purpose was. And it shows all these things that he did. And most of it is we see it in the work of Christ with the death, burial, and resurrection. And he says, and all these things have been done in order for something, in order to do something so that he, it shows a purpose of God. And it shows his goodness in it uh, so much. For instance, in Romans chapter 3, uh, excuse me, Romans chapter 8, verse 3 and 4, it says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned he condemned that sin in the flesh so that, henna, in order, in, in, so that the righteousness of the law would be fulfilled in us. Now, what this shows, that's, a, that's pretty, and we can skim over it real easy, but this, this shows us, first of all, the heart of the Father. He wanted, he wanted to, so badly that all the righteousness of the law to be filled in us. Now, now, now let me say something about that. As we look at this, we're going to see why, we see the heart of God and see why he did what he did. And when you see this, you, you, it, it, it allows you to live in the real. Because you see, there's, there's a lot of Christians, they don't, they're still wondering if God even likes them. <laughs> huh? I can tell you, I don't know how many Christians you, that, that we talk to, they feel that they walk in, a, in, a, in, a, in, in their own reality to where it's like God seems to be continually disappointed in them. I can't, people don't talk about it much, but when you get with them, after they hear me preach, they'll come up and they'll say, I never felt worthy of God's love. And I've been a Christian for 40 years. I always said God loved me. But I always had something in my, in my, in, in my mind, in my heart, that just, I just couldn't receive it all. I just... The bad things that happened, I felt like I deserved it. And they just didn't know. They didn't hear a clear word. Now, God, allowed us, you wonder, why did God take so long to bring this redemption that we now see? Why, why, did, we, why did we have the law? If the law does not bring life, well, read the New Testament. Paul describes that and tells it very clear. He says the law came in so that that sin would seem exceed, would be exceedingly sinful and that it would convict all under sin. And he says that sin, that, that law would bring me to death so that I could turn to Christ. Now, what's going on here? Man went after the knowledge of good and evil and continually thought that he was his own sufficiency or tried to be. And even when he found out he wasn't, he didn't know there was any other way for sufficiency. Man has always looked for greatness. Man has always looked for validation. 
Man has always looked for fulfillment in something, whether it was in the beautiful things of success and all the trappings of it, or with the ugly things of addiction and anything else. And man has always looked for that. And so, and so after years and years of that, man was on this journey to come to the end of himself and find out that he can't do this. And so the law was brought in to even amplify that. Now here's the law. Here's what you have to do. And all of them failed doing it. Not only that, but after all those laws, those 613 laws of the Old Testament, that's not including the Torah that they, that they added later on that, that, that multiplies it. <laughs> and that's not even including when Jesus came along. Here's what he was doing. You wonder, why did he talk so, so, so much law in the Gospels and all the time? Because he's giving these, these Jews their, 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 this, this, this last opportunity <laughs> before he comes, before Jerusalem destroyed and all that, and he's telling them, like the rich young ruler, he says, I've done all these things. And he says, well, if you really want to fulfill this, go sell all you have, give to the poor, and have treasure in heaven. He wouldn't do it because he had too much to give up. In other words, Jesus revealed to him, when he thought he was even keeping that law, Jesus revealed to him, you're just a sinner like everybody else. <laughs> hmm? Why? To make that sin exceedingly sinful so man could find out and realize and come to an end of himself that he will never, never produce the real for himself. And it would only be God that does it. And religion does not... Religion, I'm not talking about true relationship with God. I'm talking about religion will always point us, will always make it somehow... It'll, it'll, God will be in the topic, but it always puts it back on us, doesn't it? It's always what we give, what we do, what we sacrifice, how we make it happen. People ask me this all the time. How do I make this reality manifest? You do not. (laughs) You don't make it manifest. All things are of God. Like Fran was saying, we abide in that place. Let the things come. Let the things hit the windows. Let all that go on. We abide in the real. Are you hearing me? We abide in him. We live and move. And when you're aware of the real, this is where it's at, is the awareness of this. That's why Paul would say, reckon this to be true. Reckon yourselves dead to sin and reckon yourselves alive to God. Present yourselves as if you're alive from the dead. This is the real. When we talk about resurrection, we're talking about a reality here that's happened. Our hearts know this. We have a conviction. We believe it. We weren't there with our physical eyes to watch Jesus come out of that tomb, but we believe it more than if we would have seen it with our own eyes. We got the Holy Spirit's conviction for that very purpose. And, that, and, and, and the things of God and the kingdom of God are that real if you listen to this. And if you can hear a clear word today that the Spirit bears witness within you, I want you to see that there's a reality there's a real life that's not far away. That's not mystical, hard to attain, or hard to figure out. There is a real life, and that life is a life that was simply given. You know, really, even all while we were going through all that Old Testament and the law and all, that, all those thousands of years of mankind, God would continue to give that higher call. That clear word, come up hither. I am your life. Choose life that you may live. That's Old Testament. Old Testament. God said, I love you with an everlasting love. God didn't change. 
But all those things were brought in to, to convict man, to convince man that there is no reality in that self-sufficiency. It's a lie. Showing what a lie it was that we bought into when we listened to that accuser at the very beginning. Huh? And we don't want an unclear word. We want a clear word. We don't want any kind of word, any kind of mixture coming into us in our walk with God that's, gonna, that's, going, to, that's going to be an accusation against us. See, that's why we don't use that Old Testament, Old Covenant stuff to, to produce doctrine. We want to see the Father. Look at Jesus. Huh? People are, yeah, but you know, the Bible says, you know, them, them, you know, those gays, it's an abomination. Listen, if you want to go back to the Old Testament, we all going to lose there. If you want to use all that stuff, see, why, why do people do that? And this is when people, this is what people do. I don't care if it's old or new. When you don't hear, when you're not hearing a clear word, you're going to have some, some accusation and condemnation going in. And, and you know what they do? I see this. I, I see this in, in our dealings with Christianity. Is, is people that have this accusation and condemnation in their mind, they're very quick to gravitate to any kind of verse that looks like it'll bring a condemning to somebody. Well, Paul said, <laughs> Paul wasn't very nice to him, so I don't have to be nice. <laughs> Jesus turned the tables over, you know, all, everybody with anger spirits knows that verse. They just, that, that verse is quick. <laughs> It's just, boy, they're quick with that shot. You know, every time you talk about, well, no, it's, it's unconditional love, peace with all men. Nope, Jesus turned over the tables. I get to do it too. <laughs> huh? Why do people do that? They gravitate. They, they know the verse. I deal with it. I'll talk about the love and the grace of God. And, 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 and people, it's amazing. They don't know a whole lot of the other verses, but they know those verses. Where Paul kicked them out of the church. They know those verses where Jesus turned over the table. They know those verses where Jesus called them snakes and, and vipers and hypocrites. <laughs> they don't know a whole lot of the other ones, but they know those. Why? And it's sad. because The, the reason is because they've got accusation and condemnation in their own mind. And that never, and, and that's just, that's not even real. That's just that old carnal man that was crucified. Are y'all hearing me? That's when Jesus said, if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. The real will make you free. So what's real here? We're not trying to, we're not trying to, we're not trying to take you out of one kingdom and get you into the kingdom of God anymore. You're not trying to get into the kingdom of God. He transferred us out of darkness into the kingdom of his son. You're there. You're not trying to enter in. You're not trying to get there. You're not trying to go beyond the veil. Jesus opened up the veil and you're there. Huh? So, so, so we're not trying to transfer you from one place. We're not trying to, to tell you to get in there. We're not trying to encourage you or give you directions on how to get into that life. There is none. Jesus did that, did that whole thing and you were placed there. You were transferred. Are you all seeing this? Out of the kingdom of darkness. So that's the real. And if you still think that you're, that you're in another kingdom trying to get into his kingdom, that's a lie. That's a deception. That's not even real. Huh? Well, it sure seems real to me. I know. That's why you come to church and hear me preach. <laughs> so it won't seem so real anymore. <laughs> Are y'all here? <laughs> Don't you love the real? I'm going to have to push this along. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, 
Now we've received not the spirit of the world. Oh my goodness. There's just, you could just go so long on this. We have not received the spirit of the world. I saw where somebody said this morning, well, if the kingdom's within us, that means that the kingdom, if the kingdom of heaven's in us, that means the kingdom of hell is in us too. So choose one. That's, that's not real. <laughs> Old things passed away. Your covenant with your agreement with hell has not, does not stand. <laughs> we have not received the spirit of this world. I honestly, I don't believe in a black dog and a white dog fighting inside us. I think the black dog died. Amen. That's the real. And if you think there's a black dog in you, then as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, you're going to live like there's a black dog in you and you're going to be fighting that thing and trying to, trying to overpower him the rest of your life. What you could not do because your flesh was too weak to beat the black dog, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of that black dog so He could kill that black dog so that the righteousness of God would be given to you. Yeah, <laughs> the white dog. <laughs> now the spirit of... Come on. Now, you know what happens. Listen, people that think there's a black dog and a white dog, watch them. They struggle. Huh? This thing is about life and peace. This ain't supposed to be an internal struggle all the rest of our life. This is the kingdom. <laughs> huh? And what's good about it is all you got to do is know the real. All you got to do is know this. All you got to do is the truth that makes you free. Just know it. Just know it because you don't have to do it because it's been done. So we just know it. Huh? There's a, there's a, there's a kind of a holiday or a, memory, a, a day on the calendar in, in June called Juneteenth. And it's because slaves had been set free some time back, but nobody told them in, in, a, in certain states like Texas. And so, so they just didn't know. They just kept working as slaves. And it was finally in June when they finally received the good news. We came up from Florida to give y'all some good news. I don't know if you found know this yet, but last month spring began. <laughs> I don't have a coat to wear this morning. <laughs> but you just got to know the good news. We've received not the spirit of this world, but we have received the spirit that's from God. So that, why did he give us that spirit? What was that whole thing about that death, burial, resurrection, ascending on high, sending the promise of the Father? Why did he give us that spirit so we could know? Because you can only know it by the spirit. Only know it by the spirit because your mind was deceived and the spirit of truth came. And it said he gave us that spirit, gave us himself so that we could know the things that have been freely given to us. That's the real. Yeah. You're not trying to get it. God's not, you're not trying to get God to heal you. What you're finding out is the real, that the healing is, the healing and the life and the completion and the fullness is all in Him. You're living there. You're living in that lighthouse. Are y'all hearing me? Can you hear me on the back row? Front row too. Good. Back row hearing me loud and clear. Front, front row's feeling the spit. Verse 16 of the same chapter, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If we're children, we are heirs of God and we're joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him and we have in his death, burial and resurrection. Actually, he suffered with us. That we may be also glorified together. Say glorified. glorified. Now get this one. There's another one. You want to get into the real? Don't put the real in the future. Put it in the now. Because if it's tomorrow, tomorrow never comes. Tomorrow never comes. God don't even live there. 
He only lives in now. And he says, we are glorified with him. We, it, there, uh, if you go on down there to verse 30 there where it's, uh, and 31 where he t- says, and those that he, so does he foreknew, he predestined. Those he predestined, he called. And those he called, he has justified. And we all believe that we're justified, but it says those he justified, he also has glorified. He has rendered you glorious. Come on, Ephesians 5 says that Jesus came, that he washed us, he cleansed us by that washing, by the water of the word. He is the word. So that we would be that rendered glorious church without spot or blemish or any such thing. Paul said, I preach this gospel so that I can present every man perfect and blameless before God. That's real. You're not trying to get perfect. You've been made there. You, you are. And when you see the real, you walk in a perfection. Just, and, it, and it's like the pre-fall Adam where you don't have to be so good and big and strong in yourself. You can still have all these flaws and nakedness and vulnerability, but your sufficiency is all around you. It's in God. Amen. Are y'all here? The other thing tries to make Adam better. Huh? It's a very good story when you read that. That he made us naked, uncovered, unprotected, because he was that covering and protection for us. Are y'all here? Yes. And when you get back into the real, when you, when you real, realize the real, you are aware. I love that, 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 that picture of being in that lighthouse, because I think that's exactly what it feels like to me. You can have danger happening all around. We all deal with issues and problems in this life. But you deal with it in a place of such security, such safety, such peace, such faith, such self-control, such goodness, such joy. All the things of God. In the world, there's tribulation, but be of good cheer. I overcame it. How do you overcome it? By doing all the work he did and giving it to us. Are y'all here? Very simple message. It's going to, the, the, the clear message will always stay simple. It'll always revolve around him. It's not about, there's, it's not about some future, something that God is going to do and finally complete this work. We're completed in him. All things were made complete in him. First um, <laughs> Corinthians, uh, excuse me, um, 2 Corinthians 8 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became more, that through his poverty we might be made rich or abundant. What does the abundance do? It takes away the lust. Even if it's, I don't care if it's sexual or lust for, lust greed for money or whatever it is, you know, people, they'll preach against it in church. And the way that they, have, they, they try, to, try to deal with it is they just tell you, don't do it. Well, you can't do it because you cannot stop because somebody tells you to stop. You've tried. I've had people, I'm telling you, I feel so bad. I've had people stuck on pornography and they love Jesus. And they have, they come up to me crying. They say, they say, Rick, I've tried everything. I have begged God. I've fasted. I've prayed. I've I've been in prayer lines. I've been everything. It's not that they're, Trying to get away with this. They're a slave of it. Because they don't know the real. I had one man that he was dealing with me and calling me and you know, and and and, and you know, and we were I was walking him through this whole thing. And finally one night he called me, he says, I got it. He says, Rick, he's 
I don't have to overcome this thing. I've been trying to beat this thing for years. He said, Jesus did that for me. And I'm like, oh, so you heard what I told you about 10 years ago. Okay, good. You know, <laughs> but, it, but it became the real to him, see? It became real. And he moved into that real. He says, as long as I was trying to fight this, I was going to lose. But once I, I realized that Jesus beat this for me, I went, came into a rest where the, all those things are already defeated. Come on, somebody. See, when you don't have that, you're always going to be looking for your answers. So the way that, the way that to stop the, the, the sin, the lust, the selfishness, the way to walk in this beautiful self-control is not that we tell you what's wrong. Illicit sex is wrong. Drinking is wrong. Smoking is wrong. Cussing is wrong. Stop it. Don't do it. God don't like it. I mean it. Stop. Ten years later, I still mean it. Stop. 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 We've been preaching against sin for thousands of years now. Hmm? And people are scared that if you start preaching the love and grace of God, people are going to start sinning. They never quit. <laughs> In spite of telling everybody to stop doing this, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. They kept doing it anyway. And not because they necessarily wanted to. People don't need a license to sin. People are still in bondage to things because they don't know that, that Juneteenth has happened. They don't know that they've been made free. They don't know the real. They they're living a lie. Are y'all hearing this? Yes. Live the, look, at the, look at the truth here. It says, see, when you, the only thing that'll fix that, the only thing that'll fix the selfishness that man operates in is fullness. It's not telling him not to lust, not to lie, not to be selfish. The only thing that will get rid of that is the fullness of Christ. And the fullness of Christ has come, it's been given, and it's real. And once you're full, I defy you to even try <laughs> to hate somebody, to even try to be selfish, to try to be afraid, to try to be stressed, to try. Once you're full, there's no room for any of that stuff anymore. You're full. You're fulfilled. You're complete in Him. Oh, that's the real. Welcome home, church. Welcome to heaven on earth. Last verse. Last two. Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 7 says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love, where He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, He made us alive together with Him. By grace we're saved. He raised us up together. He made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ, so that in the, in the world to come, in the age to come, which is the age that Christ brought in, you're in it, so that in this age, he would show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. You're naked in the garden and yet not ashamed. And finally, Ephesians 3.19 says, and here this caps the whole thing. Tells us to know the love of Christ. The love that passes knowledge so that you'd be filled with all the fullness of God.